and welcome to another episode of the Lead by DH Radio. Today we are joined by Furkan Mahorkan, the author of Yes Bank Story. Hi Furkan and welcome to DH Radio. Thank you. Glad to have you speaking to me. It's it's wonderful to have you on our show. Uh, Furkan, let's let's straight away dive into you know the conversation. My first question to you is that like what pushed you to write this book? So basically, if you remember, I was covering the Yes Bank Story before its collapse. One 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 and a half year before its collapse. Mm-hmm. So when I was constantly carrying out the stories, I realized how rigged the system is. The system was rigged against the retail shareholders. Basically, retail shareholders are corporate people like you and me who park small mm-hmm. sums of their savings into the stock markets, mm-hmm. and they were clueless about what was happening all the while. Exactly. And it was, and at the end of it all, when the mess got real. so mm-hmm. it was the that lot of people the retail shareholders who at that point of time at the collapse of yes bank owned 47% of yes bank's equity that mm-hmm. is the single largest shareholder group they suffered mm-hmm. the most and i was like there is no financial awareness among the retail shareholders and things are kept hidden from them and everybody was playing along in this game and the people deserve to know i mean there was 60000 crore uh, rupees worth of investor wealth erosion in a year 60 lakh retail shareholders lost their money so it is, <laughs> it is a big sum at a big proportion of the people so they yeah. deserve to do this i know that you were covering this story for a very very long time did you have the hunch that you know the bank will lead to a dead end like this will be this is what will happen to the bank did you had a hunch when you started reporting Initially, in uh, when I did my first story in July of two thousand nineteen, there mm-hmm. was a scope of improvement in the things. Had everybody taken actions on right time, mm-hmm. but things uh, unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, Reserve Bank of India gave Yes Bank a very long rope. But by September end, the things were clear, mm-hmm. at least in my mind, that they are not going to get any money. What? what made the situation worse was the run on the bank that started in october of 2019 that is why moratorium had to be imposed the message was on the wall that bank is not getting the money they had they had contingent they had a contingent liability which was twice their balance sheet size so contingent wow. liabilities are off balance sheet liabilities basically which may arise in future and mm-hmm. if i i being an investor see such a huge contingent liability why would mm-hmm. i want to invest in such a stock such a company exactly. exactly true true now another thing is that you said you know there was a scope of improvement now how do you see the politics in this corporate world especially you know in the s bank uh, the case it, it just became a dirty game right what do you what do you make of that unfortunately after the collapse it became a sleaze fest if we uh, if we call it properly political mm-hmm. sleaze fest mm-hmm. so we we saw the current dispensation blaming the previous dispensation and the previous dispensation bl- blaming the current dispensation but in the, at the core of it is the policy paralysis see if i being a reporter based out of bangalore would know the things that are happening on the, on dalal street i mm-hmm. i was clear in my mind that they are not getting the money it's beyond my imagination that the reserve bank of india being the regulator of the financial system in india at least the nbfcs the banks and the some other uh, some other entities so mm-hmm. they would not know such a thing but they did not act on a timely basis and 
I have spoken to multiple people, both present and past, who have been associated with Yes Bank, who have been associated with banking sector. Mm-hmm. So all of them are of the opinion that this could have been better handled had they had Reserve Bank of India taken an action in September rather than in March. September 2019, had they taken an action in September 2019 rather than March 2020, the things could have been far different. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when we talk about political angle of it, see, we have to see, It is there is not much we can blame a political dispensation on a collapse of a private bank. It's basically a case when a private banker is going berserk lending, lending to every defaulter on the street. But on the other side of it, there should have been checks and balances which were not there. Red flags were raised as early as July of 2015. Despite that, it took three years to oust Rana Kapoor from the years back. Now coming to the man himself, uh, Rana Kapoor is one of one of a kind of a character. Like, what do you make of him? Uh, Rana Kapoor, basically, if you look at Rana Kapoor, he's a, in fact, you have put it rightly, he's one of a kind character. So Rana Kapoor is just like any other, he, he could have been like any other corporate guy. Mm-hmm. But Rana Kapoor had two big policies. He was overconfident on himself. See, if you talk about Rana Kapoor's, if you look at his past track record, he was a good collections guy. He used to collect, recollect his loans, whatever. He was very good at that. Mm-hmm. Couple that with his mercurial attitude, his attitude of controlling everything, and then also his another attribute of you know going big going too big so mm-hmm. these were the things that actually initially helped yes bank grow but ultimately you know he rubbed too many people on a, on the wrong side in all this and plus he did not know where to stop see basically what happens some some or the other time every corporate gets into some kind of mess but they mm-hmm. know there is a boundary they stop there and reverse the thing yeah. is there Rana mm-hmm. Kapoor did not stop there. And plus somewhere I feel like he was betting on India's economic recovery in 2017-2018 so that he had lent a lot of money to these stress infrastructure companies, stress steel companies. So he was expecting economic recovery to happen so that he will recover all his money and everything would be hunky-dory for him. That, reco- mm-hmm. that economic recovery was not to happen. So basically... Yeah. A combination of over-centralization of power, misgovernance, over-aspirations, overconfidence, and wrong assessment. Coming back to the bank itself, now, do you think the what crisis S-Bank has gone through is like a textbook case of, you know, a potential sort of moneymaker turning into a bubble? Like, what, what do you think about that? I will have to break down this question into multiple parts. Because mm-hmm. Yes Bank was a moneymaker. But where were the fundamentals of this money making? Because mm-hmm. if, if you are lending to a company which is stressed and showing profits by ever renewing the loans, so the fundamentals mm-hmm. are weak. Although there was a uh, there was an investor return that was happening, but mm-hmm. what on what basis was that investor return ha- happening? Basically, ever renewing is nothing but the fudging of the books, window dressing. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we have to be, it, it was not, it was, it was a bubble from the day one. It had a bank, the bank no doubt had potential, as you said, but then potential could not be, there was no direction in that potential. After late Ashok Kapoor passed away in 2008, 
in the unfortunate terror incident of 2611 bag was fully in control of rana mm-hmm. and you know there was a single guy who was promoter who was ceo and md so it is very difficult to oppose a decision by this guy ultimately what it led to lot of risky lending and evergreening in the books so that bubble i mean to be honest enough i think investors have to be prudent while investing and mm-hmm. this stock was overvalued right from 2015 and and also you know there have been see res uh, bank is not the first case where the rbi has come out you know like with a bailout plan and whatever the government has come out with a bailout plan now how different is this one compared to the rest so if you look at rbi this case uh, then this was a unique kind of bailout when it was bailed out sbi acquired 49% of yes yes bank's equity but they did not merge it with sbi yes bank retained its identity it was still operating as a private bank so the identity of yes bank was kept kept intact while mm-hmm. while another bank put money into it so they they became, it essentially became a private sector lender owned by majoritarily owned by a public sector lender mm-hmm. so if you look at if you look at uh, the bailouts before the yes bank or even after that yes after yes bank also in case of lakshmi vilas bank so the yeah. banks used to exist there was a complete amalgamation so mm-hmm. in this case there was no amalgamation only mm-hmm. thing is that see depositors did not suffer i mean let's be honest enough depositors in india are much like farmers very polit- politically very sensitive lot of people mm-hmm. and no no government whatsoever would want to harm them it will cause lot of votes in election but mm-hmm. when it comes to investors they are, they have been taken for a ride from time uh, from time to time in this case also we saw investors i i know investors who have lost 98% of their holdings so if they imagine a situation if an investor had 100 rupees in form of yes bank stock 2 years back he's just mm-hmm. having 2 rupees right now yeah that is the situation investors have suffered badly true true that that is that is true uh, rukan moving ahead i think uh, this is my final question to you like pertaining to the book now uh, when uh, a reader takes this book up what message do you want to send to the reader or what can they expect from the book so basically there is something for everybody here there is something for journalists there is something for corporate uh, corporate guys what not to do there is something for journalists what not to do while covering a story there is something for the reserve bank of india also regulators what they should not do how they should approach the things i mean it has something for everybody and the most important thing i would want people to read this book for is financial awareness and financial literacy see rbi and sebi though I, i have been their critique from time and again but they have been pushing for financial literacy here and there but financial literacy has to come from has to come from the grassroots level it has to come from the level of common man like you and me mm-hmm. and the basic aim is to make the common man like i have put the book in the simplest words possible i have tried to decipher it for the common man so the mm-hmm. basic aim is to make retail investor and retain a common man aware financially mm-hmm. how things operate in the in a financial market in a bfsi space which is very complicated in nature 
Sure, Furkan, I think it was uh, wonderful insights that you've given us. And I'm sure the people who are listening to this podcast will take, uh, you know, uh, financial literacy seriously and uh, propagate it uh, along. So thanks a lot for, you know, giving your inputs to DH Radio. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. That's all in today's episode. Tune in this evening on a news update podcast from the newsroom to catch all the exciting developments of the day and to get the news while it's still budding. For latest news and updates, log on to www.deckenherald.com. Check out our e-paper at www.deckenheraldepaper.com. To read news on the go, sign up to our Telegram channel t.me slash News. Keep up with the news from your interested sphere by downloading the all-new Herald app, in which you can personalize, have a quick glance at news shots, check highlights and even listen too. You can get it from Google Play Store and Apple App Store and you can find the links to the same in the description. Music